Corinthians. Chapter 3. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of uh, commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. For if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses uh, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken uh, away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of 2 Corinthians 3. Now this language is a little difficult of all the New Testament books. This is one that uh, most of us need a little help on because of the, just because of the tenor of the language. So let me try to help on this. First, Paul says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? I believe Paul knew what the uh, proverb said, let another man's lips praise thee, not thine own. I think he knew that. I know he knew that. But because of the opposition that Paul and those with him were experiencing, especially Paul, he always said, called to be an apostle, called of God. He, he had to emphasize 
that his ministry was of God. So he said, did we begin again to commend ourselves? Do you not believe us? Or need we as some others epistles, epistles, letters of commendation to you? Do we need to bring letters from others? Or do we need to get letters from you? He says, now, ye, you all are our epistle. You all are our letters. Second Corinthians, the Corinthian church, the assembly there. You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read of all men. He says, now, Paul was an educated man. Nobody could slight him on his education. He had the top Jewish education, plus he, he was the only one that had three years personal tutoring by the Lord Jesus in the Arabian Desert. Put all that together, he was an educated man. Lots of times folks with the education, they're going to have everything run nip and tuck but Paul said, I don't need all those letters. He said, the evidence of you all. A bunch of heathen in Corinth, which was a hotbed of heathenism, still was, and they had been saved out of the heathenism, brought into a church, and even though they're in error in a lot of things, they're still a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are attempting, matter of fact, he said in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, I praise you that you're still keeping the ordinances. Now they had a lot of things wrong. Sometimes you have to tell the church, they've got things wrong, don't you? <laughs> and it gets kind of, what's this going to lead to? Where is this going to go? Or am I going to be the one that's going to go? <laughs> the thought comes to mind. But look at what Paul's ministry has produced. Why does he need something else to, to commend him? That's what he's saying. You are our epistle. Verse 3, for as much as you are manifestly declared. Manifest, brought forth, made, brought to light manifested, declared to be the letter of Christ ministered by us. You're the result of the work of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're just, we're just serving you, ministered. Written not with ink. Nothing wrong with ink. But that's not the important thing here. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Now keep that contrast there. Nothing wrong with tables of stone. God wrote in tables of stone. But he says this is of the heart. Fleshly, hearts. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. He said, who's sufficient for these things back in 
chapter 2. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It all came from God. He's not taking credit for anything. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Now, is he bragging on it? Some of the commentaries are he's bragging on himself now. He's making a statement of fact. Is Paul, Timothy, Titus, and all the others with him? Were they able ministers of the New Testament? Absolutely they were. And how did they get that way? From the Lord. Not taking credit for anything. Not bragging on anything. Just bragging on the Lord. And that not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Keep the contrast. We had stones and living hearts. Okay, keep this contrast. He said, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Well, if you talk about the letter of the law, okay, demand the letter of the law and see what it does. The soul the sinner that shall die. Sin is the transgression of the law. But the Spirit, did Christ say he was that Spirit? Yeah, okay. Give it life. But if the ministry, ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, now he's not putting down the law. The law stands on its own, it's perfect. But he calls it the ministration of death. You want the law? Then you've got to have it from the time you're born to the time you die. All of it. But what is it? It's the ministration of death. Because the law is weak through the flesh. Nothing wrong with the law. But the flesh is weak and cannot keep the law. And that's what we've been saved from. Not the law but from the letter of it. The ministration of death. The law is just as good as it ever was. And it was perfect. The law has not changed. But the difference is Christ gives life. The ministration of death written and engraven in stones. Was it glorious? It was glorious. I don't know about you all. I just have to sit up and perk up my ears. When I begin to read Exodus 20, and God spake all these words, and go through the law, can you, can't you praise God through that? Amen. I can and do. It's glorious, but man, it's deadly to me in my flesh. So that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses. 
for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Look at uh, what do I want to get you to look at? Exodus 34. I don't even have my note here. Exodus 34. Yeah. Verse 9, he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, take us for thine inheritance. Uh, let's see, I wanted to get... Yeah, it's on over. Uh, I don't want to read the whole... I don't have time. Verse 1 and 9. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount that Moses wist or knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. And Moses called unto them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came near and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses, his face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with God. Now that's what Paul is referring to. Do you think Paul believed the Old Testament? Do you think he believed that Moses wrote the Pentateuch? I kind of think he did. And I don't care what those Dr. Hogjaw heretics have to say. Andy Stanley and his ilk. Anyway. Verse 8. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather Glorious. Now, if that ministration was glorious, and it was, how about the ministration of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ? Yeah. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, and it is, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. The ministration of death, it talks about the righteousness demanded and not delivered. 
the ministration of righteousness talks about the righteousness that has been earned and imputed. Now, which one more glory? Brother Wrong says, it's glory, the old one, but the new one's more glorious. Verse 10, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. By comparison, the administration of the Spirit excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Now how was it done away? Because Christ has come. It had it hasn't been wiped out. It hasn't been. Uh, the fancy word is abrogated. Do you remember that word? The law has not been abrogated. Wiped out. It's still there. But Christ and his ministration exceeds that glory. Seeing then that we have such hope. We use great Plainness of speech. Now all these preachers want to say, well, you need to you need to catch your terms there. Don't be so so straightforward. Don't be so plain. Paul said, Great plainness of speech. He said, well, we just don't understand. No, when Paul talks, your trouble is you do understand. <laughs> we use great plainness of speech. We talk so you can understand us. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, they couldn't look at it. That's just because of their sinfulness. They couldn't. But their minds were blinded. That's the minds of the Jews. Paul's a Jew. He knows whereof he speaks. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Now there's what's been abolished. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch riding along in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah Isaiah 52 and 53 and that guided missile that was sent out from the church at Jerusalem Philip said uh, you having some problems are you yeah, I, how can I understand this? I can't. Uh, somebody's got to show me what what I'm reading here. And he began to preach to him Jesus. Amen. Evidently, something had been done in the heart of that Ethiopian eunuch, because all of a sudden he said, "Here's water. What does it hinder me from being baptized? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." Amen. That veil was taken away. Uh. 
Verse 16, nevertheless, when it shall, it, that would be the one that turns away or turns to the Lord. When it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. The Lord does work grace. <laughs> what Hank Williams saying? Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more in darkness. Well, there's what happened. He saw the light. Why? Because God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined into our hearts, revealing us, unto us the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I guarantee you, 99 times out of 100, if that verse is ever, if ever quoted, it will be applied in heresy. I guarantee you that verse was quoted in Wilmore. Back when they were having that whatever it was. Oh, they're coming back with ichthus. I guess that's a result of that. Y'all know what ichthus is? Fish. They got this great spiritual Where'd they have that big thing, rock thing, up in New York years ago? Woodstock. Huh? Woodstock. Woodstock. Well, this is the, this is the wholeness Woodstock. Ictus. And they act like that's some kind of a spiritual name. It just, it's the Greek word for fish. We're going to go down here to the fish. That's what they're saying. It kind of takes some of the, Presume out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, anyhow, we're having all of this music. And that's what I, every time I saw something down there, that's what they were doing. Music. Boom, 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 boom. Got the, got the beat going. Oh, where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We can do anything we want to. No, that is absolutely not what Paul says here. He says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty to see and do what you could not do. And that is see the Lord and see what he said to do and do what he says to do. There is the liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. We're all looking and we're all going to be changed as we look into this glass and we see the glory of the Lord. It changes us from experience of glory 
to experience of glory, we make changes. And I think that absolutely tells what happens in our lives. As we live, as we persevere in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have this experience and that experience and this experience. And each time we're changed a little bit more into his image. And that's what we are, being changed into his image. So if you've got questions about chapter 3, let me know about them. Okay? We've got a few more minutes here. I'm going to get into chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. If you've got a ministry from the Lord, and there is a sense in which we all have, uh, we have our service to the Lord. Some preach, some teach, some missionary, foreign missionaries. Uh, but we all have a service unto the Lord. Doesn't matter who we are. We do have, there's something that the Lord has for us to do in his service. Amen. And as you have received that ministry, you've received that much mercy. And he said, we faint not. That tells me that God's people are not quitters. Agree with that? Said so what that looks like? We're not quitters. Uh, we was talking about how does a person, a Baptist church member, leave the church that they're a member of? Well, there's not very many ways. Number one, if you you can, if you go to another church of like faith and order, you can go by granting of a letter, recommendation from your church, church A to church B. And that's a legitimate way to leave a church. I don't know how often that really happens, that uh, the Lord leads in that, but I'm sure it happens some. Uh, I don't believe the Lord leads you to go from this church to one next door. I don't, I don't really think that. But anyway, so there's way number one to get out of a Baptist church. Number two, if you cross the line of morality and you have to be disciplined or excluded from the church, in that case, you're no longer a member of the church in good standing. You've been dis you're under the discipline of that church, but you're not free to go to another church. Until that discipline has been corrected. That means if you're wrong, you repent, you come before the church, and the church forgives you and restates you, reinstates you. Now, if you can prove that you were wrongly disciplined, then the church needs to repent of that and reinstate you. But that's a way to get out of a church is to get excluded from it. And the third way, they carry you out feet first, they bury you. You say, well, can I request to be dropped from the roll? Uh, you can request it all day long. It ain't going to happen in this church. We don't drop anybody. What? Well, you want to be dropped from the church roll? What, are you no longer saved? What's going on? 
when we join the Lord's church, we're making a lifetime commitment best I can determine. Now, you get old and feeble and can't, then that can't be helped. And that does happen. We've got one in Louisville now like that. She was very faithful for all, how many years? I don't know. Almost as many years as I've been here. Of course, she's been gone, what, a couple of years now, hasn't she? That she hadn't been serving, but, you know, up in that. So the, she's, she's still a member of our church. Amen. Uh, and will be until she's gone. Uh, but anyway, that's the only ways to get out of, of one of the Lord's churches. That's why it's a very serious thing to join one. And if you join a church... There's got to be a reason for you to leave that church. Anyway, seeing we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we faint not. Well, you don't hear much about fainting anymore, but there are people that faint. Yeah, I know you've heard, go to antique stores and you find the old fainting couch. Anybody see, know what I'm talking about? That's, that's a couch that's got a big arm on it at this end, but it's like that. And what that's for is when you get the vapors, and it's sultry, and, you know, and then you faint, like Scarlet did. It's just too much for you. And you faint. Well, here we're... we're the Yankees are coming, and we got to take up our guns. But Mama's fainted. I got to lay my gun down and go over there and tend to her. You don't do any good for anybody. What you're doing is sapping off the strength for anybody doing something. Fainting ain't what you want to do. Fainting is a coward's way out. And Paul said we faint. Now, while it's getting just too tough, really, we faint not. Paul didn't faint. How many times have we gone through what the Apostle Paul experienced? That dear brother was beat to pieces. And he never fainted. Even when he's in stocks and bonds, in the dungeon, stinking old dungeon, dark dungeon, what was he doing? Singing praises and praying to God at midnight. And the jailer hears it. You didn't see it. You couldn't see it. There wasn't no lights in there. But the jailer, what are you, what, what's going on here? These guys are at the point of death, and they've got nothing. Less than nothing. What are they singing about? We're praising God. And then he brought a light and came in. Said, boy, whatever you all got, I need it. What must I do to be saved like you all are? Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that night, anyway, 
we think not. But we have done some things. Number one, we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Now, Catholic Church, we just read your scriptures that you say that you justify teaching purgatory to all your people. Well, you're, you're a deceiver. You're a liar. Amen. And you need to repent of that. You need to renounce Amen. the hidden things of dishonesty. What you've done, you've declared everybody can't read the Bible. Therefore, you can get away with telling them whatever you want to tell them's in there. And that's why everybody goes to the house of God ought to have their own Bible. And they ought to have it open when we're reading the scripture and when we're preaching, when we're teaching, so that you will know exactly what God says. But he says we've renounced all that stuff. Not walking in craftiness. On that word in the Greek is a compound word. Pon urgos. Pan means all. Pantheist, everything. Pan. Uh, Pan American Airlines went all over the world. Pan means all. Urgos is a word from which we get energy. Doing. Craftiness means you'll do anything. <laughs> At some of these churches, they'll do anything. I've got some of it in my files. Notices from, well, this church right here. If you'll get on our bus, we'll take you to a picnic. There's one that, if, if you ride my bus and you get in the lucky seat, you'll get a live pet alligator, baby alligator. I can tell you the man's name that did it. The same church right here, brother. They'll do anything to get a crowd. One preacher talking about you got we got to we got to get a crowd. <laughs> Let's get that fellow come in here and do magic tricks for Jesus. Anything to get a crowd. Paul said we've renounced all that stuff. Amen. We'll take that up again.